sorry, Calvin. That's okay. Um, okay, Jack, anything you want to say before I bring us in? Anything you want to work out, workshop? Yeah. I've got a few bits. I've got a f- <laughs> Thanks for asking. I've got a few bits that I could workshop tonight, but I'm holding my material pretty close to the chest these days. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it on the actual show, so I, I can I can hold quiet. But really excited about all the Patreon content coming up. Um, all the fan letters that have been coming in are insane. I mean, overwhelmed, both E and physical, a lot of snail mail and uh, email. So, yeah, we're just we're excited to have listeners tuning in. This is only our second episode of the season, but we've already broken last season's total viewership record. So that just speaks to how well the premiere went over. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'll <laughs> I'll go into the numbers, dude. But it's insane. So it's that you know it's that uh, what it's that year five hump. I think they call it. This is season five, uh, and we did just, talk about that. It's that's sort of you know you see that in the NFL a lot. Guys really struggle in their first four years. <laughs> And then their fifth year. Yeah, there uh, people not, always not talk about the fifth year breakout for yeah, players. Right. No, dude, bring us in. Bring us in, man. Um, are you drinking? Are you drinking anything? I have a Barks. Uh, maybe I'll have our producer get me a glass of whiskey here in a little bit once he's done right. eating. Well, I'm drinking a glass of whiskey because you know, I assumed you would be. But thank you. It's okay. Um, you, should, you should say you're on location. Oh yeah, I will once I bring us in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. I am your host, TJ Lett, here with my co-host, J.R. Letts. Unfortunately, we are not together for this recording, so that is very sad. Uh, but I am on location with our producers, Anna and Justin. I don't know if you want to... Give a little yoo-hoo or whatever. Woo! Uh, yeah! Okay, and Jack, how are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, immediately after you started recording and kicked things off, I think I hit my desk with my knee. I moved my phone, which probably made a noise, and then I, I set down my glass. So the first couple seconds of those audio, uh, <laughs> that intro might be a little rough, but I want to keep it because this is raw and this is real and this is what the people think. Um Here's what I'll say. I'm stoked to be here. I miss your physicality. You know what I mean? I miss yeah. the, like your smell and your body next to me. But just being here on the mic is uh, all I could ask for. Happy to be here. Happy for another episode. Thanks so much to our listeners who keep writing in, emailing, tweeting, Instagramming, TikToking. We love you. We hear you. And we're excited for another season. Absolutely. Um, well said, Jack. Pleasure to be here with you today, and pleasure to be here with all of you listening. No matter what day of the week it is, no matter what time of the day it is, it is a pleasure to have you here with us. Jack. Wow, we said each other's names. Uh, Real quick, at what point in the episode can I do my, I don't know, it might be a 10-minute aside on my own team? Should I start off with that? Should we wait to the midpoint at the end? Just, I need to do it at some point, but let me know. Um... I guess we'll we'll do that. I'll let you do your 10-minute aside when we get to your matchup. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair. Okay. Great, 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 great. 
Jack, what a wild week it was. It started off with a bang with Tampa Bay versus Dallas. What an incredible game. And it ended with an even crazier game on Monday night, Baltimore versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Jack, that was one of the craziest endings to a game I think I've ever seen. I mean, did you watch, were you watching that whole overtime and what led to overtime and all that? Absolutely. Not only was I watching it, but I was watching it through the lens of Peyton and Eli Manning alongside Russell Wilson, which was an absolutely electric broadcast. Uh, I'll be tuning into that anytime that's available. Peyton Manning is a genius of the game, and he made me feel dumb, which is not difficult. You make me feel dumb, and you barely know anything about football. But the level that he understands the game and is able to articulate live, I mean, he's like Tony Romo on crack. Like, it's just, and having his brother there with him, it's just, that's fun. It was, and I don't know if it's just because it's it's new and and fresh, but like, it was just so much better doing listening to that than listening to a normal Monday Night Football ESPN commentary. Like, there are some every once in a while. I guess there's good things about the normal commentary, just from like the fact of like you're getting a play by play, so it's less confusing sometimes. Because sometimes, you know, Eli and Peyton aren't really talking about what literally just happened and you can be confused as to what's going on for a second. But like, yeah, it's not like you ever listen to the color commentary and you're like, man, what a great point. I'm so glad they brought that up on the broadcast and listening with Peyton and Eli, like you said, it was just, it was, it was really cool. They were talking about things that we know not, um, as far as schemes and, 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 uh, formations and offensive, offensive formations and what the defense is doing and when the quarterback's caught it, calling an audible. So it was really fascinating. And I think Drew put it best when we were talking in chat was just like, it's really just like you're just chilling with the Manning bros, like watching Monday Night Football um, and just kind of like hanging out with them. And I thought it was really cool. And I think pretty much everyone enjoyed it. So I hope they keep doing it. And if they keep doing it, I think they'll get better. I mean, that was week one and it was awesome. I think it was an awesome experiment and uh, a really cool idea by the NFL. Obviously Peyton's the best and everyone knows that, but uh, like best personality too. I mean, he's hilarious in all the commercials or skits he does, but Eli Manning was surprisingly likable. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, he's no Peyton. <laughs> we all know that, but uh, him being with Peyton, I think made him feel more comfortable and, and it just, it felt so natural. Similar to this. I mean, honestly, if this goes in the direction we plan i mean i don't want to you know knock on wood jinx it but uh we could be broadcasting monday night one day i mean i think there's a lot to the brotherly thing that that fans are drawn to yeah for sure i think um we're probably a few years away from that but i think if we stay on this trajectory uh we could definitely get there um We'll Tommy, find... Tommy, 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 Tommy. What's the first matchup? I mean, we are talking in circles. I need to start talking some football because there were some great matchups this week, and the drama was in full swing for week one. It sure, sure was. Um, I did want to. Did you guys hear the joke that Eli told about the size of Peyton Manning's helmet? Because Louis and I were dying when he told that. Did you hear that, Jack? I did. I did not. Well, so I saw they put they put up a tweet that was like uh, he needs a prescription helmet, <laughs> and they so showed a picture of Peyton wearing it. Eli said, "I think he was talking to Ray Lewis." Yeah. 
and he was like, he was like, if you could have ten thousand dollars in cash or a helmet of Peyton Manning's filled with quarters, which would you take? Which is worth more money? <laughs> I mean, you got to run the numbers on that for sure. Uh, I thought they for, the, they for the record, this show does not condone Ray Lewis's uh, past behavior. Okay, I just want to put that out there. Tommy brought him up as if he's a friend of the show. He's not a friend of the show. Not a friend of the show. Uh, but yeah, no, Jake. I thought I thought they were both great. I thought they were really funny. They did a good job. Like they were poking jabs at themselves like all game long about their lack of athleticism and lack of running ability. Um, and it was just really really cool. And yeah, it ended with Russell Wilson. I thought it was awesome. Yada, yada, yada. Jack, let's get into it. What a first week it was filled with drama. Um, let's start off with the favorite to win our league this year and his matchup uh, because Scott scored the most points this week. So let's award him by talking about his matchup first. Uh, an excellent, excellent week for Scott. He took down Dan uh, and... It was a high, a high flying affair. Scott had fifteen thousand six hundred forty eight points. Dan had a measly thirteen thousand one hundred and six. So Dan's team still performed very well, uh, but Scott's team was unstoppable this week. And I know Scott has got to be flying high right now. Um, this one Justin is so obnoxious. Do you see what he, Do you see what he did to his team? Or it's so much harder to preview the matchup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is everyone is everyone on this bench and only Kylan Hill, yep. the Packers' third string running back, in his starting lineup currently? So this matchup is projected for fourteen thousand one fifty seven versus three twelve. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tommy. I mean, talk to me. You're right. Scott's team was electric in Week One, and clearly they're projected for a lot of points this week. Does is this the season? I mean, it's the season of destiny. Is it too good to be true that week one went so well? It's definitely possible that that it's too good to be true. I mean, he had a lot of excellent performances. Debo Samuel was amazing and the clear number one wide receiver put up 2740 um, on nine catches for 189 yards and a touchdown. He had a critical fumble late, but they were able to avoid that turning into anything tragic. Debo is very high injury risk. So for me, it almost feels like a matter of time before he gets injured. And I, But I think he'll be great until then. Tyler Lockett had a great week one performance, 2,400. Uh, he can boom. He booms often, but he also can disappear. So I just hope for, for Scott's sake that it's he, he booms more often than not because last year for the second half of the year, Tyler Lockett was pretty useless. Um, Nick Chubb was amazing. Uh, I think Nick Chubb will continue to be amazing. Uh, so Scott's got nothing to worry about there. And Chris Carson, Jack, didn't have a great game, but I like Chris Carson for Scott moving forward, especially because now Rashad Penny is dealing with injury again. He's probably going to miss week two. Um, and Chris, I don't Car- mean to laugh, but it's just you know, it's, it's sad. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it just it re- some of these guys really just. They're so talked about, and you get so excited, and it just it feels like the same thing happens over and over again, which is just, you know, Rashad Penny cannot stay healthy. Uh, we'll get to it, you know, when we talk to uh, the, the team that that player is on, but Raheem Mostert, just want to mention, I mean, my gosh, out for the season now, that guy is another guy that just has so much 
excitement but just can't stay on the field. Yeah, Raheem Mostert is so good and was, was you know, assuming health, which you obviously can't do with him. And look how it turned out. He's already out for the year. But he was going to be great. I mean, with that offense, the way it runs, uh, if he could stay healthy, he would have been awesome. But yeah. he didn't, and he won't be. And uh, Dad will have to pivot off of him. Jack. But, yeah, Lockett. Lockett, I just want to reiterate, Lockett's first game. I mean, that, that's got to get Scott excited. I guess, to your point, Lockett's always been sort of a roller coaster in the sense that he's got big games and disappears, but it certainly sets the tone for the season, and that's a guy I was trying to get in the draft, so kudos to Scott for getting him, and I don't see, you know, he might have a few misses, but I think he's going to be huge this season. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, he'll he's always, Tyler Lockett always performs better than where he is drafted, and so Scott got him in the fourth round, and he'll almost definitely finish like he almost always finishes like a top 15 wide receiver so there's that potential for Tyler Lockett I think he'll probably get there um assuming he's healthy the whole year Mike Davis uh didn't look great the Falcons looked awful now he was he had a lot of usage 15 carries he saw six targets only catching three of them for 23 yards a little bit of disappointing performance from him uh Corderell Patterson was also not heavily involved, but partially involved, taking away some carries and some targets. Uh, I don't really have high hopes for Scott, but for, for for Mike Davis for Scott, but I think he should be a fine flex play most weeks. I just don't know that the ceiling is that high, and I'm pretty sure he'll be inconsistent. Travis Kelsey starting it off with a bang, 22-60. I mean, Scott's team was just on fire this week. He didn't have a good performance from Justin Herbert, but it hardly mattered. Uh, Robbie Gold was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a, what a start for Scott. He's got to be feeling amazing. His team looks really good. He looks strong at the running back position with Chubb and Carson. And he looks strong at the wide receiver position when, you know, that was maybe going to be his his weak spot. Um, all I would say is af- after his top two, though, it's not looking great because Odell Beckham's already set to miss next week. Um and so he currently only has two reliable wide receivers on his team. Sure. But uh, I will say, like, Debo Samuel, if he can stay healthy, I know you're saying he's an injury risk, but, I mean, wow, that he he looked like he's going to be a big part of that 49ers offense, and he, he looked really good. So that's, I mean, Tyler Lockett and Debo Samuel could be a really nasty one-two punch. Seven targets was is not bad for Mooney. I mean, only twenty six yards, but you you like seeing you know five receptions, seven targets. So you want a little more, but it's Scott's team is is looking dangerous. Is like and Mark Ingram on his bench. I mean, I don't know Houston. I had Jacksonville for my survivor, not because I think Jacksonville has any talent whatsoever. I this Houston team just I thought. I was, you know, it's sort of a plan of my my survivor strategy is more of choose the loser than choose the winner. I'm not good at strat- at survivors, so maybe that's the wrong strategy, but that's typically what I do in terms of like what team is so bad that I just think there's no chance of them winning. That was Houston for me this week. I was like with their quarterback situation, with the committee of running backs, with the new head coach, with JJ Watt gone. I was like there's no way Houston wins this game, but they demolished the Jaguars. So, who knows? Mark Ingram could end up being uh I mean, Scott could could trade out Mark Ingram for Mark, for Mike Davis, which is just it's you know it's nice to have four running backs that are that strong. But you're definitely right that wide receiver is where Scott's team is going to win the championship or 
or fall short. You know what I mean? Like if he can shore up those wide receivers and stay healthy, uh, there's there's nothing stopping him. Yeah, sky sky's the limit. If 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 I mean if if Debo stays healthy, I will be shocked. I don't know that he has been healthy since he came into the league. Really, I mean, there's a, that's why he fell so far in this year's draft is because you you just can't trust that he'll stay healthy. Um, what about Sterling Shepard? I mean, he got nine targets, seven receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. You don't you don't necessarily love being a part of that Giants offense, but that's a huge stat line. Yeah, it is, and I'm, I'm not sure that Scott will be able to rely on that. Uh, Evan Ingram was out. He should be coming back. That'll take away targets. Um, Saquon Barkley's not fully ready yet. When he gets to full strength, you'd think he's going to see more touches uh, for sure. So... I don't think Sterling Shepard is trustworthy. Uh, maybe that'll be that'll be proven wrong. And I also think, to your point about Mark Ingram, I think he's a bit of a trap. Um, I think it speaks more to how terrible Jacksonville is. And Houston was, like you said, they annihilated them. How many games do you think Houston will be ahead and controlling the game and running that often? Like, how often do well, you expect I mean, them? I would have said zero, but apparently, who knows? Could be a lot. I mean... I, no, the truth is the Jaguars are just that bad. Um, but uh, I, who knows? They could, they could surprise. Maybe they'll rally around their new coach, David Coley, and you know, be a, be an in the in the dirt team. You know, I, I love the Lions coach. I keep watching clips of of him. Uh, that clip of him talking about when you knock us down, we'll get up and we'll punch you in the teeth, and you knock us down again, and we'll get up smiling because we like the pain, and we'll bite your kneecap on the way up. It's if you haven't seen it, it's remarkable. I love NFL coaches. Um, Tommy, talk to me about Trayvor Lansins. Speaking of the Jaguars being bad, so, Justin's team name, Trayvor Lansins. Uh, I I will. You're getting a little confused again. We're going to talk about Dan's team because that's who Scott played last week. And uh, okay, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm previewing next week's matchup. You are. Okay? You are. You are. You're. Just, that's is what that I'm saying. Form- is that the format of this show? We we talk about last. Why are we living in the past, dude? Okay, what happened happened. Let's let's get on to the next thing. You know. I'm not sure what you're doing, but I don't appreciate it. No, it's um, it's a bit. But I, I just <laughs> forgot that that's the, that was the format of the show. I know. How could you remember that? Um, yeah. Talk to me about Dan's team because he scored thirteen thousand, and I like his team a lot. Um, the Main reasons, I would say, is how good Cooper Cup looked with Matt Stafford and the fact that Christian McCaffrey looks fully healthy and he was the running back one on the week without scoring a touchdown. Um, So he had 2,320 points uh, with no touchdowns. He had like 187 all-purpose yards and like nine receptions or something like that. Um is there anything that concerns you about Dan's team? I mean, he just he had bad luck and wasn't able to produce enough to beat Scott, but his team looks pretty well-rounded and like they're ready to make a run this year. What do you what do you think? What do you see? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, got to call out both Dan and Kyle. Sucks to uh lose any week that you're able to score in the 13,000s. That being said, it happens often in our league surprisingly. Me on the other hand, uh, you know, I was able to give Sarge a win with only 10,000, so stings for Dan. But you're absolutely right. Uh, we like Scott's team, but Dan's team has some real potential. He's always a smart drafter. Uh, the only thing that he's better at than coaching basketball is fantasy football. So you know the guy's going to be high in the standings every year. Cooper Cup, 
I mean, I don't need me to make it all about me, but I typically do. I, I knew I knew is, I knew you were going to bring it there. This. We'll we'll, we'll, well get... of course. <laughs> what 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 do you mean? Of course, like I mean, no, it's about Dan's team. Yay, this is Dan. That's great for Dan. I mean, Cooper Cup's the guy. Cooper Cup's the guy. Robert Woods isn't, and I knew that, and I chose Robert Woods anyways. Uh, I'm such an idiot. But yes, very exciting for Cooper Cup. Stafford looked great. The Rams looked great. Our poor Bears didn't. But what else is new? Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this is terrifying. Christian McCaffrey scored 23-20, and the guy didn't score a touchdown. He had 98 rushing yards, 89 receiving yards, and 9 receptions. I mean, his floor is—that's his floor. That's his floor. <laughs> that's his, his floor. His, I mean, his, it's, his it's not floor, actually his floor. I mean, but his but floor is 2, like— 2,000. His floor is like 1,500 legitimately if he yeah. plays a full game, 100%. Yeah, which, yeah, he doesn't need to score a touchdown. I mean— he was the number one, you know, if not number one, he was top three running back this this week on the week, and he didn't score a touchdown, which is just crazy. James Robinson, uh, I liked the draft pick. I thought Dan was smart to take him, but the Jaguars are just trash, so who knows? That's a mystery to me. I mean, if the Jaguars, they were down, so they were throwing a lot, So, but how often are they going to be up, I guess, is the question. Um, James Robinson might not get a lot of work if, if it's just Trevor Lawrence slinging coming from behind every week. Yeah, Urban Meyer I, did say that they need to get James Robinson more touches, but I would agree that like his lack of touches in that game uh, were definitely concerning. Keenan Allen was just the last thing I was going to say. I love me some Keenan Allen, another guy I was targeting in the draft. No touchdown, but was still able to get 1450 with nine receptions and 100 yards. That's just that's just great. I mean, uh, his team's his team's great. What well, anything? I mean, I know you asked me if anything worries you, but worries me, but. My answer is no. Does anything worry you about Dan's team? I would just say his wide receiver three. Uh, I don't know that he has anyone reliable for his wide receiver three. He's got Kenny Galladay on his bench. If Kenny Galladay can stay healthy, maybe he will be a good wide receiver three option. Um, he got 840 points against Denver. It's like you talked about with Sterling Shepard, though. I just don't really like any of the receiving options for the Giants because Daniel Jones sucks. But Kenny Galladay's really good. So if he stays healthy and he gets, you know, more of a rapport with Daniel Jones, hopefully that'll end up being Dan's number three wide receiver. And then, yeah, outside of that, um, I mean, we'll see what Logan Thomas is like. Uh, All of the Washington receiving players get a bit of a downgrade with Ryan Fitzmagic, uh, a.k.a. Fitztragic, a.k.a. Fitzpancake, uh, is out. Sad. Yeah, it's sad. And so, uh, you know, there's all of their ceilings. Logan Thomas's ceiling, Terry McLaurin's ceiling, Curtis Samuel's ceiling, if he ever comes back. They're, it's all higher with Fitzpatrick, and now you've got to, I think, temper expectations. And we'll just see what uh, what Logan Thomas does uh, throughout these next few weeks. But, you know, he doesn't have a great – I wouldn't say that's a great tight end option. So those are my two worries. But I think he's got so much consistency. Like, Allen's going to be consistent. Cup's going to be consistent. And McCaffrey's going to be consistent, and they all have high ceilings. So um, that'll 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 take him far. And if he can if he can uh, make moves on the on the edges, like and and get uh, you know just get a little bit a little bit better of a bench because I don't like JD McKissick, and I don't know about Sony Michelle either. But um, yeah, we'll see. They they both scored a lot of points, and I think they're poised for. Both of them are poised for good seasons, uh, barring health. So, uh, Moving on, Jack, 
let's let's talk about me because I'm in second place. I took down Kyle, fourteen thousand three hundred seventy to thirteen thousand nine hundred fifty four. Jack, this was I was up by thirty one hundred going into Monday night. Uh, the Monday night game was very stressful for me. Uh, you all watched it, hopefully, and maybe you weren't paying attention to our matchup, but just real quick. Uh, Kyle started off very poorly, but then Josh Jacobs scored. Then he got a field goal from Dan Carlson. Then Josh Jacobs scored again. And then Dan Carlson tied the game with a 55-yarder to end regulation and send it into overtime. And at that point, I was up less than 400 points on Kyle. Um, And that's when it got really dicey. Then it looked like Kyle was going to get a chance at a 50-yard field goal, but then the Raiders converted, but then they were down at the one-inch line, and then it looked like Josh Jacobs might get a carry from the one-inch line to win the game for Kyle, and then they did a QB sneak, and then they got a false start, and then David Carr threw an, Derek Carr threw an interception. Oh, and then the Ravens got the ball, and then Lamar Jackson fumbled, and then it looked like Kyle was going to get another chance at a field goal, um, and then they got a false start, and then for a second I thought it was going to be a 50-yard field goal attempt, but then it was only going to be a 49-yard field goal attempt, but then they brought the offense back on the field. And then they threw a touchdown and the game was over and I won the matchup. And there you go. Jack. Drama. Drama. It was, it was, I wasn't paying close attention. I was watching the game every play and I knew it was close, but I mean, your heart must have been racing. That, that's, sucks for Kyle. I know, you know, congrats to you, but just got to say a brutal loss for Kyle. I would be furious. Yeah. Yeah. It really, there were, there were a couple times when it really looked like he was going to pull it off. So, um, unfortunate for him. I mean, his team, let's start with his team. He lost with nearly 14,000 points. We talked about liking Kyle's team after he drafted it. I see no reason to change our tune. I mean, Matt Stafford looked amazing against the bears. And I think he's going to be a great start for Kyle. Most weeks, Tyreek Hill starts it off with a pedestrian 3160. Oh, I don't know. Let's, let's see a 15 targets, 11 catches, 197 yards and a touchdown. Just another day at the office for Tyreek Hill. Um, That's going to be a really fun thing for Kyle. Talked about Terry McLaurin. I worry a little bit about his ceiling now. He only put up 820. uh, But he actually got most of those points once Taylor Heineke came in the game. So maybe maybe he'll be fine. I mean, I'm sure he'll be okay. I just wonder what his ceiling is. I think Washington's whole offense is going to be worse now. Um, And then he didn't have anything special from Eckler or Gaskin, but... uh, I would say the one thing that worries me about Eckler, Jack, is Eckler didn't see any targets in week one. Um, and I don't know if that's because he's dealing with a hamstring injury, because that that came up before week one. Um, but Anthony Lynn is gone, and there's, they're running a new offensive system, and it is a little worrying. If I had Austin Eckler and saw that he didn't get any targets in week one, I would be a little worried if I was Kyle. I mean, that significantly lowers Austin Eckler's uh, ceiling. Is there anything about Kyle's team that worries you? I mean, he had a fantastic week. I mean, as his competitor, I'm I'm worried about Tyreek Hill. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see how Tyreek Hill doesn't end wide receiver one on the season. Like, he's just, he's going to go off. So we'll see. But what worries me, same thing you said about Eckler. I mean, I, not a lot. It's I mean, we're starting with the best team, so I guess it makes sense. But similar similar note here. It's just it's a strong team. I wanted Matt Stafford. I was pissed watching that game because I, I just – Matt Stafford's going to be good this year, and <laughs> Matt Ryan isn't. Uh, we'll see. Joe Burrow will work out. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to find a hole, but no, dude. I mean, 
T. Higgins is above Tyler Boyd, who I drafted. So he's Kyle's Kyle's roses, roses and sunshine, and I'm in the dirt. Zach Moss was inactive, so Kyle can probably drop him. Pretty shocking that Zach Moss didn't even suit up. That's how bad he was in the preseason in camp, apparently. But yeah, they apparently yeah. like Matt Breida better than him, so that is. Is concerned. I do believe that I said it was a waste of a pick for Kyle, and uh, you you kind of were startled by that. But uh, I don't think Zach Moss is going to be startable at any point this year. Um, I guess if I'm going to, yeah, nit- but his bench, his bench is is useless. So yeah, I guess that's one thing to nitpick. Yeah, I was just going to say if I was going to nitpick anything, I would say his depth concerns me. Um, Michael Hardman not startable. Tevin Coleman not startable. Zach Moss not startable. Even DJ Chark. Yeah, he had a good week, um, but who knows how consistent that'll be. Um, so depth is Kyle's only problem. His starting lineup, I think, is going to be pretty great. And if he can stay healthy, um, he should be. I do think McLaurin is a huge blow for his team, not having Fitzpatrick. Like, that That could really if, – if, if that would have been, you know, scary Terry with Tyreek the Freak at their full potential, Kyle's team would have been unbeatable. But this will – this will help level it out because I see this really decreasing Terry's output this season. Yeah, yeah, I think his his, his ceiling is definitely lowered. Um, Jack, so we're both we both like Kyle's team, and he had a great week, and things should be fine for him. I am. Let me talk about your very team. excited I'm not, about my no, team. For, dude, come on! I'm Grant, very no one very wants to. excited about my team. No one wants to hear that. Oh, okay, hey, Jack. So he, cheers. I got my I'm out, I got my whiskey. Cheers, dude. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Cheers to you and us and the listeners. If you're out there, I don't care if it's 10 p.m. or it's 9 a.m. and you're about to drive the kids to school and you have an important meeting later and you've been 12 days sober and you really shouldn't. Cheers, okay? Drink. Everyone, let's have a good time. Let's relax. Um, I'm joking. Please remain sober. I really okay. sh- I really shouldn't. I don't care. Drink. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Tommy. I mean, your team, it was sunshine from the Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. So things didn't stop from there. I mean, Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb, what a stack to kick off the NFL season. That must have been so fun for you to watch. Joe Mixon, 2,300, big game, 127 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown with 23 receiving yards. The biggest disappointment for you this week has got to be Najee Harris, mm-hmm. especially with the draft capital you spent on him. But Joe Mixon definitely... Uh, makes you feel good. And then, yeah, Chris Godwin, great. Chase Claypool, only three receptions, but was able to get 25 rushing yards. So I, I think he'll be a, a really solid wide receiver three for you. And how about Hawkinson? I mean, oh. You were excited about him, dude, but that's that's got to be, you know, other than the the the, de- the Cowboys stack, Hawkinson's the, the biggest positive for you this week, and that's a great outlook for you rest of the season. Obviously, that's not the standard you'll expect from him, but eight receptions even if he doesn't get a touchdown he had eight receptions and 97 yards you'll take that so huge game but talk to me about Najee Harris because that to me seems like uh I don't know am I obviously I'm I'm reading too much into it I'm I'm acting like it's the end of the world but are, are you not concerned I'm not concerned one iota about Najee Harris um it was an abysmal first half for the Pittsburgh Steelers like and, and I mean just abysmal Najee had like seven carries for eight yards in the first half, and that was it. And Ben, I mean, they did nothing offensively. Jack, Najee Harris, guess what percentage 
of the snaps he played in that game for the Steelers offensively. You're only going to need, you only get one guess. What percentage? 80. Jack, he played in every single offensive snap. He was in 100% of the offensive snaps <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and that is why right. I'm not concerned about Najee Harris because there we go. he is going to play, he's going to be used, he's going to get the touches, and he had a bad first week matchup against the Bills, and the Steelers didn't play well, and then they got a defensive touchdown. And so, yeah, I, it, there are for sure better days ahead for Najee Harris. Um, my really Awful. Awful draft pick by you with Will Fuller. I mean, a big goose egg. <laughs> Kidding, okay? I know everyone thinks I'm dumb. I know he's suspended. Uh, I'm pissed at you for Aguilar because I have Jacoby Myers, who's supposed to be the Patriots' number one wide receiver, and Aguilar went out there with five catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown on your bench with 1570. Do you have a rebuttal to that, or are you just intentionally trying to hurt my feelings? It was not intentional. I can I can say that. Uh, I you know I think it'll be fine for Jacoby Myers. I I I think there'll be plenty for both of them. Jacoby should, on average, see more targets than Aguilar. Still, I mean, he'll be the Aguilar will be the big play guy. Um, but I think Jacoby could be, should be more consistent. I don't think you have anything to worry there, Jack. Really, my only concern right now is my flex spot. Um, James Conner. He was utilized and involved, but. I think any week he doesn't get a touchdown, I'll be disappointed in him. Um, and that's tough. That's tough for the uh, Cardinals to put up 38 points and James Conner only to have 530. That's that stings a little. But on the bright side, flip the narrative. You know they were winning, so they were throwing a lot and scoring touchdowns. And you know running is boring. Yeah, you know I. Um, I hope that helped. It did. He came. He was a few yards away from a touchdown. If he gets a touchdown, it's a completely different conversation, and I would have been really happy with his week. So I'm happy with the 16 carries he got. Um, I think he's going to be the Kenyon Drake of last year, and if he can get touchdowns and get the goal line work like Kenyon Drake did, um, I think he should be a serviceable, serviceable flex option. We'll see what Will Fuller becomes. We'll see what Aguilar becomes. And then I picked up Latavius Murray, who was utilized on Monday night, and I'm hoping that he slowly takes over as uh, the solid 1B option. I think both he and uh, Tyson Williams can can be the what J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards were supposed to be before they went down with their brutal injuries. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah, I'm really excited about my team. Um, my my depth right. is a con- my depth is Enough. a concern, but I love my starters. I love how Hawkinson looked. I love the targets that he got. I think he's going to be great all year for me. And I really hope that's true because I passed on Travis Kelsey. So I need that to be true. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you for so it be true. Thank you for telling Forget me. My, it, my team is great. Appreciate it. Forget it. Next matchup. Forget I said anything. Um, okay. Let's talk about third place. You were, you were, you were dying to talk about <laughs> Trevor Lanson. So, Listen, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take you there talk, now. <laughs> let me talk about Trevor Lance's team because I thought he was in the first matchup because I thought the show format that I've been hosting for five years was the opposite of how we've been doing it. But um, tell us, tell us, here, tell us what happened in the matchup. Justin absolutely disrespected his father-in-law by putting a beat down on Cool Hand Lou, fourteen thousand forty-two to nine thousand one hundred eight. No quarter. No taking his foot off the gas. Just had his, you know, had his heel on the neck of Terminator and Death by Me and just kept pushing down on the curb. 
Justin's team, led by Patrick Mahomes with 3,328 points, just put up absolute numbers. The biggest issue, I love seeing a point total like this in our league. Brandon Ayuk had 28 (laughs) points, which you might hear that and go, wow. What a game. Solid week. (laughs) Solid week. Oh my gosh, that's huge. No, I, you know, in a standard league, that's 0.28 points. The guy had seven return yards. That was his output. So Debo Samuel was huge. I don't know. I heard offseason hype about Ayuk, and I didn't mind the draft pick from Justin, but that's got to worry you. What are your takes on that before I talk about the rest of the team? It is a little concerning. Um, Ayuk showed last year he's super talented. I don't really understand why he didn't. Like, he. He just wasn't played like he, he there were other wide receivers like it was supposed to be him and Debo right as the one two combo and uh, he just didn't play. He didn't get any targets. He just wasn't on the I field. Know, uh, Chef- I know this is a, this is a family podcast, but I just have to say because it's exactly what you're talking about. And Henry, close your ears. Kyle Shanahan is an asshole. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the same thing with him, with Trey Sermon not being active. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, the, like, do you, that's got to concern you long term, though, because Brennan has the talent. But, I mean, do you have any advice for Justin here? Obviously, you can't play him next week, but is he a drop? Is he a hold? You definitely don't drop him. Um, no, I think, I think he's, yeah, I definitely think he's, a, he's for sure a hold. Um, and you you wait and see how things unfold the next few weeks because the talent is there, and uh, yeah, like you said, <laughs> Shanahan is a bit of a butthole, and yeah. So until you see that Ayuk is getting the snaps and getting the targets and running the routes, um, you don't play him. But you definitely don't drop him. Um, I mean, feel free to drop him. I'll I'll be right there on the waiver wire. <laughs> yeah, bad bad advice. Um, do tell him to drop him. But he's got uh, Justin has Cole Beasley, who is a great floor play at the flex position, uh, to immediately pop into Ayuk's spot, and he can bench Ayuk, play Beasley in the coming weeks, and uh, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I, I I love Justin's team. I think he's also got Kylan Hill, so I mean, don't <laughs> like that's another flex option for him. I am furious at Justin having Corey Davis. I don't know how I didn't get him in the draft. He was so high on my list and I honestly just I just didn't notice him. I would have taken him. Like not that he's gonna put this up every week, but two touchdowns, ninety seven yards with five receptions, twenty four twenty. I, I think Corey Davis is gonna he's I think he could finish the season wide receiver one easily. Not not in the like you know, top twelve wide receiver is what I mean. Yeah, um, you heard it so. here first, folks. Corey Davis, the number one wide receiver on the <laughs> Jacks. No, 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 no. <laughs> I already claimed that for Tyreek the Freak. So, um, no, Jack. But you tell you tell me, man. What else about Justin's team gets you excited or or worries you? And then talk about Dad's team because, like I said, he got absolutely. I mean, just embarrassed. I, I don't want to say that too harshly, but just beat down by his own son-in-law. <laughs> uh, David Montgomery is what excites me most about Justin's team because he looked so good against one of the best defenses in the league um, in the Los Angeles Rams. And that combo of Dalvin, because Dalvin Cook's going to be Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook's healthy, he's a beast. He's a monster. He's got a similar floor to Christian McCaffrey, but probably just a little bit lower and a ceiling that's just as high as Christian McCaffrey's. So 
that's going to be awesome. And if David Montgomery looks like this, it's that's going to be a heck of a one-two punch there at the running back position. And I think DJ Moore is going to be consistent. I think Chenault Jr. is going to be consistent um, because I think Chenault Jr. is pretty uh, game script proof. Um, he's their gadget guy, so he's going to get work. Um, he'll get probably get some rushing attempts as well as uh, a ton of targets in the slot. So, And, yeah, Corey Davis should be Zach Wilson's number one target uh, all year long. Now, there will be some struggles for Zach Wilson. Uh, most uh, – the, the most – what's coming most – Wow, I can't talk right now. What I'm trying to say is... <laughs> that, was a, that was a jack moment, man. You really jacked that. This week, he's playing the New England Patriots. And I don't foresee Zach Wilson doing very well against a Bill Belichick-led defense. So, I think, obviously, Corey Davis is only going to go as far as Zach Wilson takes him. So, there will be down weeks for Corey Davis. I think that's for sure. But when Zach Wilson does well, the targets should be there and the touchdown opportunities will be there. So, um, Robert Tunyon. How I'm not, about I'm, Justin Tucker? <laughs> I'm not too worried about Robert. What do you think about Justin Tucker? <laughs> All right, moving on to dad's team. Um, I hate you so much. Uh Justin Tucker is fine. He's an opera singer. He's an opera singer. I don't give a shit. Stop. <laughs> um, no, that was really well played. Um, Justin Tucker's great. He nailed a 47-yard field goal like it was nothing towards the end of regulation to give him the lead. Uh, he's going to be money all year long. The, my only criticism of Justin's team is obviously the way he has constructed his bench with a total waste of space in Kylan Hill. And the fact that he's rostering two defenses and Trevor Lawrence, who he will never play this year because he's going to be playing Patrick Mahomes every week. <laughs> so that is my frustration with Justin. Uh, I think he needs to make some moves to make his depth better because right now, if he can't play Brandon Ayuk and he f- puts Cole Beasley into a starting lineup, there is not a single player on Justin's bench that you could be like, okay, yeah, insert him into your starting lineup. You just, you can't. You can't play anybody from your bench. Um, but yeah, 14,000 points for Justin. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a beast all year, and I think his running backs will be beastly, and he should be able to get enough points outside of that uh, to have a great season. Uh, assuming This is always assuming health, and the fact that he doesn't have depth scares me. Um, if somebody goes down, he won't be looking nearly as good. Jack, a lot of concerning stuff for Dad's team. Um but at the same time, I think it's just a, a perfect storm of of just down weeks. Uh, Michael Gallup went down mid-game with an injury, only ending up with 560. That wasn't great. Josh Allen, obviously there are better days ahead for Josh Allen. Not concerned about him at all with only putting up 1720. Justin Jefferson, same. He got 1,000. That's probably Justin Jefferson's floor most weeks. Uh, Justin Jefferson will have boom weeks. Was surprised by the... Um, that dad started Rondell Moore, the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. Um, but he seems to be pretty electric. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a consistent starter for dad, but uh, I think there's definitely some potential there for him. Derrick Henry had a bad game. The Tennessee Titans got blown out. So I, you're not concerned about Derrick Henry, but this is just proof that he is not game script uh, proof. Proof. 
He is he's very dependent on game script. And if the Titans aren't as good this year, which I'm not saying they won't be, but if they aren't as good this year, obviously uh, that's not going to be great for Derrick Henry. Um, Kyle Pitts saw eight targets, um, but didn't have a good why game. Were you, why did you just address Sarge's son? And why did you call Derrick Henry by his first name only? Yeah. But Come on. I mean, you're not going to give me that? Like, I can't I can't use any material tonight? <laughs> you said, you know, I, I'm a fan of Derek, comma, Henry. Right, right, right. To be honest, it took me a second. Um, yeah, well, you're slow. You know, you got to keep up. I mean, I trust me. Scott is in tears right now. I mean, Scott gets it. Scott totally gets it. Uh, Sarge, is, Sarge and Henry are probably hitting each other's thighs. Oh, my gosh, did you hear that? Like, they're, they're laughing up a storm. Forget you. Uh, Miles Sanders showed up. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not – Dad's team is just so mediocre. It, it reminds me of my team. Uh, just a bunch of just guys who are playing football, but who cares really? Yeah, the Mostert injury for Dad is not small. Um, <laughs> no, it's not small. Because I don't – I mean, I don't know. I suppose you can plug Drake in or Juju Smith-Schuster in there to the flex. Uh but then that means you're playing Rondell Moore every week, and I don't know that Moore, like I said, I don't think he's going to be a consistent starter. So I guess we'll just wait and see uh, for Dad. Like I said, I think his studs will be better next week, so that'll raise his floor. Um, and I guess we'll see what uh, – Kenyon Drake was was pretty um, utilized in that Oakland offense. Now, Josh Jacobs is dealing with his toe injury, so I think Drake probably got a little more work than he usually would if Jacobs was fully healthy. But – Toe injuries linger, and it's possible that Jacobs won't be healthy, fully healthy the whole year. So Drake could get a lot of usage. Um, not really much else to say, just a lot of down weeks for we Dad's team. To, we have to address the Ronald Jones elephant in the room. I mean, what? Uh, that guy is a fantasy minefield. I mean, don't don't touch him. He has, I mean, he has like, I don't know. Jack. I'm not even going to What? Don't worry. Bruce Arians said he's going to start next week, so Ronald Jones will be a really good play because he's definitely going to start, and he definitely won't they be pulled. That, they say that literally every week. Uh, yeah, we'll get, we're going to give him the ball a little bit more. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not good. So we'll see. Maybe Dad's team can bounce back. Obviously, quarterback's great and wide receivers are decent, but that that Mostert injury is is tough. But honestly, Dad's team is better than my team. So when do I get to talk about my team and how bad it is? We're saving the best for last, um, which is definitely what yours and Henry's matchup was. That was the <laughs> worst. So, all oh, right, I hear you. Um, let's talk about Anna and Justin, or Anna. We already talked about Justin. Let's talk about Anna and Drew instead. Um, Drew took her down, Jack. Thirteen thousand eight hundred and two to twelve thousand eighty-six. This was, other than mine and Kyle's matchup, this was the only matchup that came down to the Monday night game and Anna. Anna's guys, they battled. They battled. They held on until the second half, uh, but then it got away from him a little bit. Darren Waller, with his 9 million targets, was able to catch a couple of balls, ended up getting a touchdown, and then it kind of unraveled for Anna. Um, Drew's team... Drew's team is good. I think some of it is a little bit like fool's gold. Like... Melvin Gordon, to be specific. Um, 
But the scary thing about Drew's team is he put up 13-8 with Aaron Rodgers, putting up 332 points. Um, the I, scary thing about Drew's team is Adam Thielen. What, what were we all thinking? Not to overreact to week one, but I, I was talking about it during the draft. Who just decided Adam Thielen was done? Because the guy's been a fantasy superstar for years, and we're just like, he won't be anymore. <laughs> Drew drafted him so late. It wasn't that late. Um, uh, it was late. What what to the, what round do you, what round do you think Thielen it was? Let me ask you that. What round do you think it was? Uh, I don't know. Five or six. Okay, it was round four, and it was towards the back of round four. So I'll give you that. But you know, Adam Thielen went right before Cooper Cup, so it's not like Drew got the steal of the draft with Adam Thielen. Like Cooper Cup will have Cooper Cup will have. I don't a, know why. I guess what I mean is Justin Jefferson, his draft stock got so high, and I'm just like, I, I, I'd rather, I don't know. I didn't draft either of them because I wasn't sure. That was my point. I think they're they're equal in terms of, that's another problem. I mean, I guess for to your point, to Drew's team, DK Metcalf is a similar thing where he's got so much competition with Tyler Lockett, and Julio Jones has so much competition with A.J. Brown. Drew doesn't really have a wide receiver that's the guy. Obviously, good point production, but who that could sort of be back and forth based on who has the hot hand. For sure. I'm a little concerned about Julio Jones, um, obviously only putting up 440. Maybe the chemistry is just not there yet with him and Tannehill, and that will, by the second half of the season, will hopefully get better. But no, I mean, Jack, the, the, the biggest worry for Thielen was touchdown regression um, because Jefferson last year was the target hog, the reception hog, and the yardage hog. And Thielen put up his points because of double-digit touchdowns. Uh, I don't know that a touchdown regression is coming. Uh, the Irv Smith injury, I think, really helps Thielen in that regard uh, with his potential touchdowns. Um, he just finds a way to get open near in the red zone and in the end zone. So, uh, no, I I think Thielen will be just really awesome for Drew this year. Um you know, not this awesome, not multiple touchdowns every week, but he should be solid for him. DK Metcalf's going to be solid for him. Um, Julio Jones does worry me. It's looking like he might be kind of volatile this year. Kamara's going to be great. Like I said, Melvin Gordon, he had like a 70-yard touchdown run, which he looked great on, to be perfectly honest. But outside of that, he had 10 rushes for 30 yards. Um, and so that was pretty lucky. Uh, to come away with that kind of production from Melvin Gordon, considering what he did most of the game. Uh, Darren Waller. Rager, sorry, I, I just wanted to call out really quick on his bench. We're talking about his wide receivers. He's got Jalen Rager on his bench too, and Jarvis Landry. So, he, I mean, he has good guys. I'm not I'm not dissing his wide receivers. It's just Jarvis Landry too. He's competing with OBJ. Like, he doesn't have that, you know, which is fine, but he doesn't have that guy who's like Tyreek Hill, who's just the obvious guy. I guess Tyreek Hill is competing with Travis Kelsey, so what do I know? They don't um, they don't compete with he, each other though. They just get they both get all of the <laughs> They just double the output of other teams. <laughs> Jalen Rager, though, the the Eagles looked good. Uh yeah, let's pump the I mean, brakes. What a statement they, win over the over the Falcons. I mean the Falcons suck, but here's what I'll say. I'll pump the brakes, but and I could embarrass myself if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the division is the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, um, and uh, the wait. I just had the fourth team. I was just talking about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait. 
I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let you struggle here, man. This is... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Give me, give me one second. Let's play this out in real time, listeners. Okay. So, what I was gonna say is the Cowboys are gonna win the division. Uh huh. The Eagles are gonna get second place. The Giants are gonna get third place, and the Redskins are gonna get in, get last. The who? The red or oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. The football team. Thank you. Um, 2021. Jack. I, I'm I'm wrong about that because people are people are saying the Redskins are going to get first. Are you kidding so me? Good. People are saying that. Jack. People are saying that. What is their team name? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Football Team. Thank I apologize. You. Listen, I could train myself if they had picked their new name already. Give me a name to say. I don't want to say football team. <laughs> I mean, it's right, very I'm fair. I'm all, I'm it's, all over It's the very place, fair. So I'm sorry, honestly. You were saying my, about the Redskins. Go my, ahead. My point, of, my, <laughs> <laughs> my point of speaking, which is usually pointless, this is also pointless. <laughs> Cowboys were electric. I think they're going to win that division. I am very confident the Eagles are going to get second place in the division. Yeah. Put it on the board. Say it right now. Put it on your sticky tack, sticky pad, note board. Um yeah, so that's my football take, non-fantasy take. I'm here for all kinds of football analysis. Subscribe to Patreon, and I actually do a non-fantasy, just you know, football sort of talking shop podcast uh, three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. <laughs> so visit the Patreon, and uh, you get access to that. So just a little heads up there. It is $20 a month. Okay, Tommy, tell me a little bit more about Anna's team because she put up a great – Fight. I mean, twelve thousand points is no joke. I know we. I know. I just that stack. I mean, what else is there to talk about besides the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins stack? I mean, that's all I want to talk about. I don't know if you have other jibber jabber, but that stack's electric and going to be so fun for Anna to watch the whole year. Kyler Murray looked good. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think we can move on to the next matchup. I mean, I think you pretty, <laughs> I think you pretty much nailed all the talking points about Anna's team. Um, no, but, uh, just before I get into Anna's team, just wanted to shout out Darren Waller. Uh, he's obviously going to be amazing for Drew all year. He got 19 effing targets. Um, it's just obscene. And then Mike Williams and in, in Drew's flex with 1820, uh, similar vein as Debo Samuel. I think it's probably a matter of time before Mike Williams gets injured because I don't remember when he was healthy a full year. But if he stays healthy, Mike Williams is for sure a double touch or a double digit touchdown uh, potential. So, Drew's are team the, on the Darren Waller note are the Raiders for real? I mean, that was a crazy game, but like Darren Waller. I mean, nineteen targets—that's insane. The offense is clearly going to run through him, and Josh Jacobs looked decent, but they've got a ton of wide receivers that. There's so many question marks around fantasy wise, but just as a team, I don't know. Are you on the Las Vegas train, or I, I feel like you're not. You don't like Derek Carr. Am I wrong in saying that? I've got nothing against Derek Carr. Do I think that the Raiders are going to actually compete to make a deep, a deep, a, a deep run? No. Do you think they'll make the playoffs and and yeah, just make the playoffs? I guess. Um, sure. I think there's potential. Did they make the playoffs there's, last year? No. No. no, they haven't made the playoffs since John Gruden took over. Um, we're in year four <laughs> of the John Gruden experience, the 10-year, $100 million contract. Um, Holy cow. And, yeah, it, they're, 
there's some pro- there was some promising stuff from the Raiders for sure. The, the problem with them is they are in the Chiefs division. They've got to play the Chiefs twice. They've got to play the Chargers twice, who are no slouches. And even now, it looks like the Broncos aren't going to be like the Broncos should be a tough out as well. So it's okay, a t- it's let's a- not be disrespectful. They'll beat the Broncos. Come on. It's Derek Carr and the and the and, and John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. Jake, they almost lost the game after having the ball on the one inch line with first and goal. So biggest biggest disappointments for Anna's team uh, since we're you know okay. talking a lot about how good how good Drew's team is and he gets it. Okay, this is not a Drew appraisal show. Okay, we're here to tell facts and Anna's team showed out. We talked about her stack. I'm going to say her biggest disappointments. I mean, of course, the tight end with the goose egg, but it's tight end. Who cares? But that's, of course, where Anna lost the position compared to Darren Waller. So no need need I say more. But biggest disappointments, and I want to get your take season long, Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley only getting 390 and 320 respectively. What's your, you know, red light, green light, yellow light? What's your take on those guys rest of season? Uh, Mike Evans is fine. This is kind of what Mike Evans does. He, hey, you, you have, I asked you to, I asked you to say red light, green light, or yellow light, and you said fine. Green light for Mike Evans. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think you know probably next week he'll come out and do like 150 and two touchdowns or something like that, and that's just what Mike Evans. He's going to get a thousand yards. He'll, he'll probably get close to double digit touchdowns. Uh, so he's going to be green light this year. And Saquon Barkley is obviously not red light, but I'm at yellow light for him right now. Uh, I just worry for Anna a little bit as she gets started this year um, that he's not going to be good because he's not going to get the reps and the snaps and the touches that you want from your first round draft pick. He's got another brutal matchup coming up on Thursday, so a short week for a guy that's coming off a terrible knee injury uh, against a really, really stout run defense in the Washington football team. Um, so I am concerned about how Saquon Barkley is going to look uh, for these next few weeks um, to the point where, like, it's, like, terrible to even consider no, no, benching dude. your first-round pick. Are you going to say it? But she might want to consider it. Um <clears throat> Well, with Naeem Hines on your bench, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. You plug, you you move, you give Kareem Hunt the bump up to the running back. You slide in Naeem Hines to the flex. I and listen, Saquon could always get a touchdown on Thursday, but he's not going to get the volume, and so I don't think the yardage is going to be there for him on Thursday night against a tough defense. So, for sure, Saquon Barkley is the most concerning part. The biggest bright spot was probably Brandon Cooks. Uh, who had an unexpected 1570. His connection with Tyrod Taylor looks really good. Now we talked about how bad the Jaguars were, but Brandon Cooks is clearly Tyrod's number one target and the deep target that he will be going for. So um, Brandon Cooks, it should be a great wide receiver three option um, coupled with Evans, who I think will be much better. He will have some down weeks, but for the most part, he'll be good. And then Hopkins and Murray are going to carry her long and far. Um, that, like you said, that that connection, that stack is going to be so awesome. Chase Edmonds is going to have a really nice floor for Anna. He's got he's going to split carries with James Conner, and he's going to get used in the passing game. Uh, and so you should be looking at, you know, 
four or five targets a game at least and with the targets he gets he can turn those upfield and and create something from nothing so Chase Edmonds is going to be good Gesicki I think Anna needs to pivot away uh I think I think if if you were asking about a light color for him it would be red light for me there um no points really Nope, no points. Um, his it's a tight end, though. His I mean, snap. What? What? Every tight end goose eggs every now and then. He had two targets, and he was out snapped by Durham Smith. Whoops! Their backup tight end. Uh, he was on the he was on the field for seventeen more plays. Gesicki only played in twenty of fifty-two offensive snaps. Um, and the they have another tight end, Adam Shaheen, who's on the COVID list. Uh, he should be coming back at some point, and Will Fuller's going to be coming back in week two. I just am not sure the targets are going to be there for Gesicki. Um So that is probably the one spot for Anna where she really needs to look to pivot. Um, pivot. Marvin pivot. Jones. Pivot. <laughs> pivot. Pivot. Marvin, Marvin J- Jones Jr. Yes, dude. Yes, I'm such a Marvin Jones Jr. stand, and I'm so happy that He's still good, and he's still doing Marvin Jones Jr. things. From the Lions to the Jaguars, he's found a new home with sixteen twenty, getting a tutty like he always does. And Cortland Sutton with Jerry Judy injured. I mean, Anna's got depth at the wide receiver position. Depth on depth on depth. Yeah, if Cortland Sutton can can get right and look good um, too soon, but with the Jerry Judy injury, um, he should see more work. Um but yeah, we got to move on here. We got to get to the next matchup. But I think all in all, for both these teams, they look good. Anna put up twelve thousand with the goose egg and almost nothing from her number one draft pick. So um, it might be a slow start to Anna's season, but look for her to really turn the Jets on and and make a run for the playoffs because uh, I, I think she's got a good roster. Um, second to last matchup, Jack. Is going to be Louie versus Greg. Uh, All right, let me let me go through Greg's team quick, and then I'll I'll let you. You know, I'm sure you have a lot to say about how great Louie's team is and how many awesome pickups and moves he made. Okay, so Greg's team loses to Louie ten thousand one hundred seventy to three. Whoa, three. <laughs> how do you lose? Uh, Thirteen thousand <laughs> seven hundred twenty-eight to Louie, otherwise known as Teddy Scheisswasser. Good game from Lamar Jackson. I mean, 1,800, that's not huge, but it's, you know, it was decent, and I think, obviously, Greg will be able to play him moving forward. Devontae Adams is is the disappointment. No touchdowns, but the Packers just, I mean, they got beat 38-3. to I, I don't remember ever seeing that in an opening game for the Packers. Very not Packers-like, but I love the narrative going around that it's a sabotage season for Aaron. I love that, and I hope to see it. And yeah, I'm here for it. Aaron, they wronged you. You you now need to wrong them for the next 15 games. But on the bright side, Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown both showing up for Greg's team. You like to see it. You want to see bigger games from them, but those will come. They got the targets. They got the receptions. Uh, AJ Brown did get a touchdown, but I expect bigger weeks from them and I'm not worried. And then this one is hitting close to home because I drafted Tyler Boyd for no reason. Jamar Chase, I think he showed up as the guy in Cincinnati. Hashtag my bangles. Hashtag not Tyrant Tommy's bangles. Hashtag Tyrant Tom. Hashtag fight the system. Hashtag crooked Louie. Hashtag lock them up. Uh, Jamar Chase is the guy, and I think that's that makes Greg's wide receivers officially 
dangerous, uh, nearing the nuclear level. Unfortunately, he's got the worst running backs in the league with Byron Scott getting a goose egg, Leonard Fournette only getting 840. Honestly, though, (laughs) better than you expected from Leonard Fournette because Ronald Jones got negative 60, but we'll see moving forward. I'm not sure about a Buccaneers running back, but I guess you can trust Leonard Fournette more than Ronald Jones. Mark Andrews, only 350, but tight end. I mean, what can you do? Harrison Butker, one of the best kickers in the league, so he's great. I I mean, Greg's team is is really solid, except his running backs, which unfortunately is, is tremendously important in fantasy football. So we'll see what happens, but you could expect some more losses down the road. I can't let this go without pointing it out that you called his running back to Byron Scott, um, who I believe... Is the <laughs> is the head coach of the Phoenix Suns? <laughs> no, that, no, no, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, I don't know. Is Byron is Byron Scott even a person, or did I just forget his name was Boston? No, yeah, it's 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 not Byron Scott. Um, no, Byron Byron Scott is the is the head coach. Great. Okay. Of oh no 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 that's he's he was the head coach uh, of. Who is he? Who is he now? Anyway, he's he's involved in the NBA, so he's <laughs> who is not he now. He's no longer Byron Scott, but he he, he used to he used to be Byron Scott, and now is now? it's not his Jim name. Davis now? I'm not sure he was. Yeah, no, yeah, Byron Scott. You're right. He was the old Lakers. Yeah, coach. the old Lakers coach. Yep. Uh, yeah, old Lakers sure. player too. Um, I was thinking of I was confusing it with Monty Williams for a second. Um, yeah, but yeah, Jake. I mean, he's got. Br- Byron, a.k.a. Boston Scott, in his RB2 slot, who got zero points. Literally, I don't even know if he saw the field. Uh, he was behind Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie. Yeah, he didn't get – I don't think he was in at all. And here, you know, Greg is, you know, not to be seen on, uh, in free agency or in the waiver wire. He seems to be pretty content with his running backs right now. Um, well, and it's not like – it's like, oh, okay, well, if he started Byron, otherwise known as Boston Scott – Well, next week, can you just go to his bench and start one of those guys? I mean, his best bench option is Carlos Hyde, which is the RB2 in Jacksonville. He actually did get 680 this week, which I guess is something, but you you really won't be able to rely on him consistently. It's it's bad. I mean, he's got to make a trade. He's got the wide receiver depth. Yep. Uh, He he has to make a trade. So we'll see what happens. But talk to me about Louis' team and make it not as long as you want to make it because, you know, we're over the hour mark and the listeners are tired of hearing about the collusion between Tyrant Tom and Crooked Louie. And that's just from the letters I'm hearing. That is not my opinion. That's not the opinion of this podcast. But I have to address the fan mail we've been receiving that has just been, I mean, covered in messages about some say collusion, some say corruption, some say crookedness, some say evilness. I don't choose these words, but something's going on in the league. Uh, but anyways, that's besides the point. It, Tommy, talk to me it about It sure Louis is. And if the, the second you stop droning on and on and on about useless, useless, useless stuff, I will get to the actual material here that we can talk about. So thank you for... You sh- want to talk about material, dude? Stop. Okay. No, we're done. I'm talking about <laughs> Louis' team. Anyway, Louis has made some moves this week. So the roster I'm talking about uh, is going to be a little bit different going into week two, but... He played Ryan Tannehill, who looked pretty bad. Uh, now, I think better weeks are ahead for Ryan Tannehill as well as the Titans, but he has already dropped Ryan Tannehill and replaced him with Jameis Winston, who will be starting this coming week. Jameis getting the five touchdowns against the Packers. Um, Louis' team, uh, no, not surprisingly, Jack, looks poised, looks great. DeAndre Swift on his bench. 
who Louis can confidently play now, looked amazing, saw a ton of targets. Um, I mentioned that um, uh, Anthony Lynn was no longer the coach of the Chargers. He is now with the Detroit Lions, um, and he threw a lot to the Detroit running backs. Both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams saw almost 10 targets. I think they caught eight passes and nine passes, respectively. Um, And so... That's an, that's Louis's flex play, for the record, is DeAndre Swift, who I think is poised now, if he stays healthy, to have a pretty monster year. Amari Cooper with Dak back and looking healthy looks poised for a monster year. 32-40 for him. Antonio Brown, while his consistently may waver from week to week, the ceiling is there with, he put up 21-20. Uh, Tom Brady loves him, so Louis got him as his, as his wide receiver three uh in the draft and so between the two of them his wide receivers are looking pretty strong Robbie Anderson putting up 1220 didn't see a lot of targets there is some concern there for Louie uh we'll see what his target share is like moving forward but Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson both had mediocre weeks uh but they're both going to be fine Jonathan Taylor was heavily involved in the passing offense which you love to see and uh Antonio Gibson was also um had got a few targets and uh had a bunch of carries um so it's uh, better days ahead for both of them. Louis' only hole is the tight end position, which he pitched, picked up Gronk for, who I think will also have consistency issues, but obviously has the ceiling of multiple touchdown weeks. Uh, Devontae Smith, I thought we saw some really good things from him. Uh, I think that's pretty encouraging for Louis. Um, I think Louis can slot him in his starting lineup next week. So Louis got a great team. Uh, he's got Tyson Williams on his bench, who he picked up uh, during the week when as soon as the news came out that uh, Gus Edwards has gone down. So Louis got the depth uh, with A.J. Dillon and, and Marquise Brown as well. Uh, Louis got some good depth, and he's got some some major talent uh, in his starting lineup. Uh, Louis got the win, easy win against Greg. Uh, he'll be moving forward next week against me. Uh, not excited to play his team because, as always, Louis has a good team. Uh, moving on, Jack, to the final matchup, the worst matchup of the week two teams that really were not ready for the start of the season. Um, and to be honest, it's understandable for one of the two, who is a relatively newborn baby, uh, I believe coming up on six months of age, uh, first year in fantasy football. He put up 10,656 uh, compared to the vet who has been playing fantasy football for nearly 20 years. Uh, who put up 8,566. Um, I did say that I would let you go on a 10-minute tangent. If you could try and hold I'm it not, to five I'm minutes not, or less, uh, I'll give you the floor. I'm not going to beat a baby. I just want to start with that. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of guy you guys think I am, but I'm not going to come out here in week one and embarrass a newborn child. Like, I mean, I like I have character. I have integrity. Sure. Um, so... You know, that it is what it is. I also, <clears throat> not to go back to what uh, you so kindly called, quote-unquote, useless talk, uh, unquote, the the league knows there's something happening because the waiver wire rules were explained wrongly to me, and I tanked. I tanked week one to get first waiver pick. I was after Elijah Mitchell. I've been hearing rumors from their camp all offseason that Raheem Mostert was going to get injured week one, and I wanted to have that first waiver wire pick. In a shocking turn of events, Louie got the first waiver wire pickup, so Louie has Elijah Mitchell. But 
I'll move on because hashtag Tyrant Tom thinks it's hashtag useless to talk about. So start off, uh, start that as a hashtag, please. Hashtag useless united, okay? Uh, Tyrant Tom thinks we're useless, but you let him know your voice is heard and let him know that we think it's very useful to bring up these issues. Here's what I'll say. And then you can talk about Sarge's team. You don't need to comment on my team at all. Uh, I stream Matt Ryan. Anyone who knows me knows that I am the king of quarterback streams. (laughs) So (laughs) nothing new, same old business as usual. The show goes on. (laughs) I always swing and I always miss. Here's what I'll say. Jerry Judy got injured. Bummer. Because he looked great. Yeah. Six catches for 72 yards. That was turning out. I mean, he was going to be my guy and huge bummer. He's going to be out for, he's on the IR. He might come back towards the end of the season you know, after eight weeks or so, but who knows? Big bummer. Zeke the Freak on Thursday, obviously he underperformed, but that was game script. Tampa Bay is a good running defense, whatever the narrative is. That's fine. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, I'm not worried about him, but but yeah, same thing, I guess. I don't know. He only got 870. You don't love that. George Kittle, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say. It, it just It's just <laughs> across the board. I mean, my two best... Scores of the week were my kicker and defense. I mean, that that's it. That's all you need to know. I mean, Tyler Bass got 1,100 for me. And the Giants got 1,100 for me. And those were my top two scores. 1,100. Yeah, that's really the start and the, 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 start and the finish of the analysis yeah. for your team. So, yeah, I mean, what, what more to say? And not to mention, I just, I, you know, just an absolutely repugnant, useless bench. So, I mean, I have, and this isn't a bit, by the way, I have unquestionably the worst team in the league. Is my season over? No. I mean, anything can happen. I can be on the waiver wire. I can make trades. Things are looking up. I'm a mastermind. It'll get better, maybe. But, oh, without a doubt, I mean, I have I have a terrible team. So, it is what it is. Um, there's only so much you can do. Tyler Boyd isn't the guy uh, at all. Robert Woods isn't the guy at all. Michael Pittman might not be the guy. Jacoby Myers might not be the guy. So I'm sitting with just a bunch of football players. Um, And it's great. I mean, it's fantasy football, but you need the guys who are the guys. And you look at Sarge's team, and it's not like he... You know, it's not like he's writing home to Ma and Pa to tell him about Henry's great conquest, but... (laughs) I mean, he had some stellar performances. He has some guys who are the guy, and that's what you need. I think all that was very well said. Uh, Pete and and Henry definitely have – they've got some guys on their team. Jack, I know you didn't want me to comment on your team. I just want to say like 30 seconds of – I think – let's relax for a second. Um, (laughs) Your team still has the potential to be good – I mean, I, I don't like that. I don't really trust either of your quarterbacks, but maybe Joe Burrow will be fine for you. I mean, I think Joe Burrow had like a great game and only put up eighteen hundred, so that concerns me a little bit. Uh, I look at your wide receivers and I honestly want to vomit for you um, because Jerry Judy was your bright spot and he's gone, and now literally we're talking about Michael Pittman Jr. and Jacoby Myers being your starters. Um, now, Robert Woods is by far your best wide receiver, which is the problem um, here. And now I think there are 
Better days ahead. You watch your mouth. He was my third highest scoring player this week. (laughs) I think there are better days ahead for Robert Woods. Clearly, he is going to play second fiddle to Cooper Cup. But you just hope that he doesn't play third fiddle to Tyler Higbee. Um, Because Tyler Higbee got more targets than than Robert Woods. Um, and Robert- I'm not worried about Tyler Higby, dude. I'm worried about how many cups Cooper Cup is going to fill up yeah. before I get to fill my Yeah, I'm just saying you, you only got four targets, and his week was saved by a touchdown. So um, it's just a little concerning. Um, but I think your studs, Elliott and Kittle, are mostly going to be fine. Um, and Edward Solaire, it's the same thing as last year. His floor is going to be fine. But the ceiling won't be there if he's not scoring the touchdowns, and it still remains to be seen if he can be the guy that scores uh, touchdowns. So he only had a few touchdowns last year. If he doesn't get six to ten touchdowns for you, I think you'll be disappointed. Uh, for Henry slash Pete's team, a very underwhelming performance from his players, uh, but his studs didn't really do much. I have no concern for Aaron Jones, who only put up 320. That whole Packers offense was a travesty. Uh, Deontay Johnson uh, put up 12-10. He gets the targets. He put up. He got 10 targets. He'll be the number one target in Pittsburgh. Allen Robinson will be the number one target in Chicago. Now, it's a huge problem what, like, he caught six balls for 35 yards. Uh, Andy Dalton is trash. Matt Nagy is not nearly the coach he thinks he is. Um, and I just hope that the Bears lose to the Bengals in a bad way so that we can bench Andy Dalton and get this whole Justin Field things underway because it's just tragic. The, the Bears offense was just tragic. Uh, there was no bright spots outside of David Montgomery. Calvin Ridley, a little concerned about because Falcons didn't look good. Now, is it because Julio Jones is gone and they're not going to be that great? Uh, Philadelphia's defense last year wasn't anything to write home about, and they held Matt Ryan to 736 points, and Calvin Ridley, who got off to a decent start, um, had eight targets, but only for 51 yards uh, and five catches. Um, Daryl Henderson is probably the bright spot for for Sarge this week, Uh, 15-20, and he played in, I think, like 90% of the snaps. Uh, Sony Michelle barely saw the field. We'll see if Sony Michelle gets worked into the offense more as he learns the system better, but uh, I thought Henderson looked really good, and I think that's a bright spot for for Sarge. Javante Williams, bad week. He's splitting with, uh, um, uh, geez, uh, MG3, and I don't think he's startable for now, but the good news is that I think Jamal Williams is startable for Pete 2100, and I will continue to call him Sarge for some of the takes and Pete for other takes just to keep keep people on their toes. And I'll even throw a Henry in there every once in a while. Just to <laughs> I was going to say, it really, it really makes sure you're paying attention that we call him Henry half the time. So just keep up, folks, okay? And subscribe to the Patreon, uh, $5 a month if you want behind-the-scenes content. But, Tommy, so with Raheem Mostert out, we'll see what Trey Sermon can become. Uh, I thought Jalen Waddle looked really good. Um, and so I think, I think Pete Sarge Henry has a really – solid team. I think they very much underperformed. Everyone was underperformed except for Henderson and Tom Brady on Thursday night, but I'm not worried at all about Pete's team or Henry's team or Sarge's team. What were you going to say? I don't remember. Trey Sermon, I guess though, you got to be excited about his potential for Sarge. I mean, who knows what that 49ers backfield is going to be, but could be 
I don't know. It's just still stock- shocking he was inactive, but I don't drop him if I'm Sarge, obviously. No, it's certainly and not then, with the Raheem Mostert news. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields. I mean, Andy Dalton looked bad. So I guess Sarge doesn't need him. He's got Tom Brady, but Justin Fields could be valuable for fantasy by, you know, week four. Like, I don't think it'll take long. Andy Dalton didn't look good. No, he didn't. And, and I think it was, I mean... Uh, it was just a very conservative approach by Nagy and uh, like Allen Robinson. Well, if you look at Allen Robinson's Nagy's the problem, if you look at Allen Robinson's route tree for the game, it's just really gross. It's like a bunch of really really short routes, just like a curl routes to the to the sideline and little slants over the middle. And it's like you're not using Allen Robinson's talent. Like you need to you need to unleash this offense and let's let's do some stuff. Okay, let's let's not let's take the training wheels off. Let's get Andy Dalton out of the game. And uh, and uh, let's get things moving with Justin Fields. Uh, Matt Nagy is an embarrassment to the Andy Reid coaching tree. He really, he really is, and and he should be ashamed. And Andy Reid should not acknowledge him. <laughs> let me let me talk directly to Matt Nagy. Andy taught you better, <laughs> Matt. I mean, you know better. I know Andy. You were taught by Andy. Stop with this. Let's win some football games. Mismanage the clock all you want. Andy doesn't mind. Yeah. But let's let's call better plays. Let's call better plays. Let's use our weapons. Okay? Thanks. I think that's part of the problem is that he thinks he's as smart as Andy Reid. And so he But Andy Reid Andy Reid thinks he's smart, but he also is like, "Hey, Patrick, just throw it to Tyreek over there." You know what I mean? Like it's like he he wins. Yeah. Well, yeah, Andy Reid certainly has a better quarterback than Matt Nagy. Um, I'll give, I'll give. I think Andy Dalton has as much talent as Patrick Mahomes. I just think it's a coaching issue. Um, all right, Jack, we got to wrap up here. Um, let's do the. We're done. All right, see ya. Have a good night. Thank you. Um, no, let's just re- like really, really quick. We'll just uh, give predictions for who we think is going to win each matchup. Um, I'm just going based on the order I have on my app. Um, me versus Louis. Uh, yeah, I'm. I take. I take Louis. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not exactly looking forward to the matchup. I'll take myself. I'll bet on myself. I think I have another big week. Uh, I'll predict I get fifteen thousand. I think that's what it's going to take to beat Louis. He currently doesn't have a kicker. He picked up Green Bay's defense. I don't like that. I think they'll have a huge bounce back game against Detroit. Just hoping that Jared Goff cannot do anything catastrophic. Things to look at, which is really fun for mine and Louis' matchup, is we've got C.D. Lamb going against Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin going against Antonio Brown. Uh, that's really cool. And then on Monday night, it'll be T.J. Hawkinson versus DeAndre Swift, as well as I'll have Mason Crosby going against his Green Bay defense. So, um, That'll be a fun matchup for us. Uh, I think I've got the uh, the running back firepower to keep up. I think my receivers are just a little bit better than Louis, um, and I think my quarterback should outperform him, um, and my tight end should hopefully outperform him as well. So, uh, but he's going to probably destroy me at the flex position. So um, it should be a high scoring matchup. Uh, two talented teams, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next matchup, Jack. Let's do um, Dan versus uh, Sarge. And uh, just real quick, um, Dan did change his team name to R.I.P. Turd Ferguson um, and did just want to give a quick moment here to take time to say R.I.P. to a legend. Um, And what a loss for the comedic community, Uh, truly a a one of a kind. Um, 
And uh, yeah, anything you want to say on that? No, I mean, I uh, obviously Norm Macdonald is a bit before um, my time, but I was introduced to him in you know as silly as it sounds, Adam Sandler movies. But um, he's he's an all time comedian, and super sad that he passed away from from cancer. Uh, I shared a, a clip in the text thread of him making a joke about how dumb it is that people say that you lose that you lose a battle with cancer. Um, he's like, well, that's so rude to say they end their life as a loser. But anyways, he has just a, he has probably 30 jokes that you would know like that are his, like he's just, he, he's an OG. So gone too soon, 61 years old, played turd Ferguson (laughs) on, uh, celebrity jeopardy on SNL. So that is the reference to turd Ferguson. (laughs) Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Norm Macdonald. I'm gonna pound. I'm almost done with my whiskey, so I'm gonna, I'm yep. gonna finish it here. And there's a cherry on the bottom, so I'm gonna eat that. Nice. I'm gonna finish my glass in honor of Norm as well. Um, I found a funny clip of him on the Daily Show. Um, he was making a joke about Steve Irwin's death uh, just ten days after it, after it had happened. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and it was you know along the lines of like you're never gonna guess who died, and it was like. Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. He's like, 44 sounds like a pretty ripe age for a crocodile hunter. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. He was just, I mean, he's just funny. Like, I really encourage anyone, uh, all the millions of listeners out there, just YouTube him. He's got so many great jokes that he was great on um, late night shows. So there's so many uh, hilarious clips of him on like Dave Letterman. Yeah. Um, just yeah. being just, he was so like himself and didn't care if people like weren't laughing or felt awkward. Like yeah. he was just so committed to the bit, which <laughs> as you guys know, <laughs> I, you, you I can care, really appreciate no, that. <laughs> I care none about laughter. All I care about is the integrity of the bit. So no, he's an icon and uh, gone too soon. Tommy, thank you for pointing that out. Dan, thank you for the Turd Ferguson tribute. Because of that, I will take Dan this week, which means, Tommy, you are taking Sarge. Why do you think Sarge is going to win this week? To be perfectly honest, I was going to take Sarge anyway. Uh, I like big bounce-back weeks uh, for his players. Aaron Jones, I expect to have a monster day. I think monster things are coming for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, uh, even A.J. Dillon, uh, and probably Robert. I I think they're just going to light up the Lions. Um, Tom Brady will be awesome against Atlanta. I mean, look what Jalen Hurts just did against Atlanta. to that point, Calvin Ridley should have to see an obscene amount of targets from Matt Ryan to try and keep up against the Buccaneers. Um, and then I think Jamal Williams should have a great game against the the Packers as well. So I'll, I expect another high flying affair here. Um, and whichever I think whichever team's players, obviously, like it'll just be a matter of who shows up and which players hit their ceilings. But uh, I think I'll take I'll take I'll take Sarge with the edge. I, I'm going to say over he'll get over. At least thirteen thousand, maybe close to fourteen thousand from his team, and and uh, Dan will take another tough loss with another good week from from his players. Uh, Anna versus you, Jack. Um, just I haven't even looked at the players yet, but I'm going to give Anna the win here. Um, you're going to have an uphill battle ahead of you. Uh, hopefully, you can get some bounce back weeks. Uh, after what Matt Ryan or Matt Ryan uh, Matt Stafford did to the Bears, hopefully Joe Burrow can. Uh, can have a similar performance and, and dice up their secondary, which looked horrible. Hopefully you get a bounce back week from Pittman and Myers. Um, 
Hopefully Woods is a little more involved. I think you should see a better game from Zeke. I think you could see a better game from Edwards-Alaire and uh, and Kittle as well. So I think he'll put up points, um, but I think Anna's team will be a little too much for you. Uh, another great matchup for Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I think they should be fire. Mike Evans will bounce back. Uh, again, Saquon Barkley is the worry, and I do think Anna needs to pivot from Gasicki, but maybe she'll stick it out one more where you can see what he does. Um, but yeah, I'll give Anna the edge. Jack, are you going to also pick Anna or... No, I choose myself, Okay, and I will, uh, yeah, bounce back, regression to the mean, so no comment further than that. I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> nice. Tommy, what is the next matchup? Greg versus Drew. Um, I see another pretty easy victory for Drew. Uh, like I said, Great. I think— I'm a, I love that you said that. I'm taking Greg, and let me go first. Greg has a bounce back week. I think Greg is going to make a few great moves this week in the uh, off time. Yeah, I think he <laughs> let the waivers pass. He wanted to see where the dust settled. And I think he's going to snipe a few all-stars this week. I see Lamar Jackson going into Kansas City and just laying down a beating on the Chiefs. Uh, not a beating, but you know it's going to be maybe 62 to 57. <laughs> Write it down. Uh, Chiefs win. So, yeah, I just Greg's going to win. Um, the Rams are one of the best defenses in the league. Like I said, that bo- that bottom two stack for, for Greg's team is dirty. A kicker defense from hell. Uh, who cares about his running backs? That's going to be no issue. I think Greg takes the W. Tommy, why'd you choose Drew? Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has the potential to score 3,000-plus. Uh, like I said, I think it'll be a bounce-back week. Uh, Thielen should be good again. Metcalf should be good again. Um Kamara will be awesome. I think Gordon has a juicy matchup against Jacksonville. Well, I don't like Gordon for the whole season. I think he'll be fine again next week. Waller's got a tough matchup, but Mike Williams has an excellent matchup against Dallas. Um, So I think uh, Drew's stars will just be a little too much, and I think Greg will struggle at the running back position again. And uh, listen, it will come down if Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews can be amazing that's Greg's uh, ace in the hole. If that if that connection does some wild stuff Sunday night, he'll have a chance. But I like Drew to take it this week. Um, second to last matchup, Kyle versus Big Lou. Um, who you like, Jack? I'm taking... Ooh, man. This, as I was previewing this week, this was the toughest matchup. I think this is going to be Jack's close matchup of the week. I'm signaling it as that. I, I'm taking dad. I'm taking Big Lou. I think there's been rumors his locker room is furious. The treatment they got from his son-in-law last week by the hand of Justin. They're hungry. They smell blood. And I think he comes back. You know, Josh Allen is just going to put up numbers against the Dolphins, watch out for a 3,000-point week from Josh Allen. And I see Justin Jefferson saying, hey, Adam Thielen, this is my team, not yours. I think he goes out and grabs two tutties this week. And I think Kyle Pitts underperforms. So that'll be that'll be the risk. Can Pitts take down Higby? Watch out for this tight end matchup. I am taking Dad. Yeah, I'll I'll take Kyle in a close matchup as well, Jake. I think it. Uh, I take a look at the rosters, and I think it's going to come down to Kyle's Sunday night performance from Tyree Kill. Uh, I think Kyle should be down by a decent amount, but Tyree Kill will be Tyree Kill, and I I bet you he scores two thousand plus, uh, and gives Kyle the victory. Um, yeah, I just I like Kyle's team. Um, 
and I don't see anything in his matchups that that really scares me. Uh, I think he could get off to a potentially slow start with McLaurin on Thursday uh, up against the Giants, um, but we'll see. And I, I think Kyle's got some serious potential to get some big points from Tampa Bay's defense, uh, but Kyle does or Dad does as well from Cleveland. So that that defensive matchup is is something I'm looking at as well. Um, but I'll give the edge to Kyle. I think he wins a tight one. Um, Eckler, nice. Eckler, as, Eckler could as be a beast. Promised. Eckler could be as a beast promised, dude. We just we just hit the hour and thirty mark. Yeah. As as we promise our viewers, <laughs> we love stretching these episodes out to that ninety minute point. So like and subscribe if you keep wanting ninety minute episodes. If for some reason you're looking for sixty minute episodes or below, I guess email in. But I'd be shocked. Uh, we all we hear is longer, 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 more, more, more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever you were saying about Austin Eckler, I mean, who cares, dude? I think the point of of I, the the point I want to leave viewers with is we're just getting started, and a lot can change. Who's the best team? Who's the worst team? We'll see in a few weeks. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. Stay engaged. Stay hungry. Stay angry. Stay active. Uh, Tommy. An hour and 32 minutes in. Last words for the viewers. I mean, we are insufferable, but I hope they love it. Uh, What are your last thoughts? (laughs) A couple of last thoughts. One, there's one thing you can always count on, and that is Jack dragging things out. And if there's a second thing you can count on, it is Jack not knowing where we are. uh, Within the podcast, we have one more matchup to get through. Um... (laughs) And that is Justin versus Scott. Wait. Oh, well, you said you were doing me for last. That was in the first matchups. That was in the, that was, you need to keep up, dude. That was when we were talking about last week's matchups. You were last. Dude. You uh, are all sorry. over the place. Am I all over the place or am I trying to have this not be an hour and 45 minute podcast? And I know what you're going to respond yep, to that. Yep. I'm why it's an yep. hour and 45 minute podcast. <laughs> But here's what I'll say. Can you not? Justin Tucker. <laughs> Justin Tucker. Oh, because opera. Um, Jack, love having you here with me. Thanks for being on this podcast with me. Thanks for being my co-host. Um, you're the best. And uh, let's close it out with this last matchup. Justin versus Scott. Uh Two of the high, I take Justin. Two of the highest scoring Justin. teams. All right, why do you Justin like Tucker. it? Justin Tucker. Do you want me to sing it again? That's all I need to say. Justin Tucker is going to demolish Robbie Gold in this kicker matchup. <laughs> I think that's the end of the matchup. I think there's no coming back from that. And I see, I see this one being an absolute barn burner, but I see Justin taking the cake. Watch out for a 20,000-point week from Justin. Put it on the board. <laughs> All right, my goodness. Well, if Justin scores 20K, I think he will take the victory. Uh, but I'm going to pick Scott here to go 2-0, and projected for 14,000 points. Um, Justin Herbert should have an excellent week against Dallas. Uh, I think both Tyler Lockett and Debo Samuel will continue to be great. Nick Chubb could get three touchdowns against Houston. Um, Travis Kelsey is going to be a monster. And then I look at New England's defense against the Jets and against Zach Wilson. I think there's some pen- potential there for Scott to have a massive week from that defense. Um, and I think Scott gets close to 15K again. And I think he takes this one, goes to 2-0 and and remains uh, well-poised to be the 2021 champion. 
Um, but that'll do it for us, folks. Uh, that's it. That's all we wrote. Um, you know, we went over an hour and a half, okay? So what? <laughs> we promised <laughs> last episode would be the longest of the season, and on episode two, we topped it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just have to go on tangents every half halfway through every matchup so um, here's here's what i'll say here's yeah what I'll please say. let's let's love, get this to I'd one <laughs> let's get this to an hour 40 keep, keep going what do you got to say i i'd love for the listeners to weigh in is it my bits that make the podcast drag on or is it tommy's incessant analysis of every player and every matchup and every situation I mean, I'm going to pitch my material, but the guy could go in less detail about the fantasy details. So, anyways, that's my take. Let us know what you think. Tommy, sign us out, man, because I got nothing else. Um, all right. Thank you for listening, everyone. This has been another episode of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast, episode two of season five. Stay with us for more content throughout the year. We will be back next week. Uh, for episode three, talking about the week two matchups. And uh, it's good to have you here with us. Uh, keep subscribing to our Patreon. We're coming out with content. Uh, it's just around the corner. Um, I know Pete has been shelling out a lot of money towards our Patreon, and I got to tell you, we really appreciate it, as well as all the other uh, subscriptions. Um, but yeah, just stick with us, and uh, and you'll be rewarded uh, when the time comes. Um, and speaking of rewards, when the time comes, I, I have a special announcement. Uh, we do have our top uh, Patreon member of the month, our, our top contributor, uh, what we call here on Let's Talk our Let's Talk leading lady. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> Peter Sargent, congrats. Peter Sargent has been awarded the Let's Talk leading lady of the month award. Uh, that is $5 back on your deal. <laughs> Um, and you also uh, receive a certificate digitally. Check your email uh, that says "Let's Talk Leading Lady of the Month." Uh, and uh, if you'd like the frame, then we can keep the five dollar refund, and we can include a frame. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Tommy, any last words? I'll sing us out. No, I'm good, man. Uh, another great episode. Another long episode. Happy to do it. Happy to be here with you all. Uh, good luck this week, everyone, um, except for Louie. I hope your team shits the bed. All right, later. Let's talk fantasy football. Now. And damn it. All right, nice work. I'm going to stop my recording. Me as well. All right, three, two, one, stop.